Hi doctor, are you currently seeing patients with shoulder pain? What about frozen shoulder? What if I could teach you a neurological treatment system in which you could literally take a person from frozen, frozen shoulder to a full range of motion in two visits? And this system is so powerful that we guarantee results in two visits or we don't accept the patient for care. Hi, I'm Dr. Andy Barlow. I'm a board certified chiropractic neurologist. I also carry a fellowship in functional neurology and every Wednesday night at 5 p.m. I'm giving a one hour seminar free of charge. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help your community. I'm here to help our profession go to the next level. I personally look forward to seeing you every Wednesday night. I want to, I want to completely change your life and change your community's life. And I can help you do that because I've helped hundreds if not thousands of doctors from Europe to Canada all the way to New Zealand with these types of health issues, okay? So I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night at 5 p.m. Central on the webinar. Have a great day. I look forward to seeing you on the internet. Probably have an old school website, just like this old school Voltron from the 80s. Here's the thing, video websites are dominating the entire internet right now. But only 3% of people have video websites. What is a video website? When there's continual movement. The beautiful thing about continual movement is that when you have movement, it keeps the buyer wanting to stay on the website. Here's the beautiful thing. If you look here at Dr. Mo's website, he is dominating, dominating, dominating. His website's everywhere. Not only that, but he's omnipresent. It's about time to get you out of the static world websites where they don't move, doesn't do anything for you, but come into the video websites where we dominate Google and get you omnipresent. It's time to step in the future of marketing. Make sure you click on the button in the bottom for a consultation and we'll get back with you. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Anthony with Edge on Regenerative Show. I just want to say thank you so much, everyone, for being here uh, today. I have a special guest. Actually, I'm, I'm really excited about this guest because the topic that we're going to be talking on is something that I believe is probably one of the most important or the most important things that a lot of people are not discussing and really should be. Today, we have with us uh, Darrell Hanwerger um, of and he's a, here's the cool thing. He's a family nurse practitioner, and you can find him at South Florida Integrative Health Center.com. And today we're going to be discussing about why your gut health should be number one on your life list. You notice I did not say bucket list, life list. And I just want to say thank you uh, so much, uh, Durrell, for being here. Oh, it's a, it's a pleasure to, to, uh, to be on the show with you and thank you for having me. Uh, and yes, gut health is really the number one way a person can really bring their body back into their optimal health. And, and we've always heard about that the gut is uh, the source of so much of where chronic disease is coming from. But now with the advanced testing that we can see the different species of bacteria, we can see the different inflammatory markers we could see what's really going on in the gut much more than we were able to in previous years. So we can see, and we know now how much the gut is involved in our overall health. And it's a fascinating time when it comes to gut health. 
And when we're talking about gut health, we also have to include brain health because of that closely, that closely tied connection between the brain and the guts. And that's what's amazing about that. Would you say that's a second brain? I hear a lot of doctors say that the, the gut's your second brain. What are your thoughts? Right. On- that was, I, I know, I remember that uh, we've, uh, we've been saying that because of the idea of supporting serotonin and a lot of these neurotransmitters. But now that we're learning about this bi-directional uh, vagus nerve, which is that nerve that connects the gut mm-hmm. and the brain, it's surprising to see that it might be more that the brain, that the gut is having more uh, effect on the brain than we think. It might, there's a lot of stimulus that comes from the gut first, huh. um, as opposed to being second, you know? So, so it's now hard to see really first or second because a lot of the signaling from the gut is changing our, uh, our, 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 our mood and cognition. And, and uh, a lot from the gut is actually providing these short chain fatty acids from the gut are actually nourishing and uh, helping neurogenesis or brain plasticity. So in a way, the gut is actually kind of promoting the brain. So it's, it's hard to say who's the first or who's the second, but it's, it's incredible. What would you say? I'm not going to say the top three. Well, yeah, we'll go for it. What would you say the top three symptoms of knowing that you might have some gut problems that you see big time of symptoms of people having it? Yeah, it's a good question because uh, the, uh, the, these Only chronic, three, I'm playing. <laughs> I, right, right. But the chronic diseases sometimes can be not asymptomatic or they're very subtle. So a person would have to, for example, uh, some of the time, some of the food sensitivities take 72 hours for a person to notice that they're having symptoms. Sometimes though, a person can have a meal and they immediately almost they feel brain fog. And those are those, those glute, sometimes those gluten or, or, or from grains or casing from dairy, they form these chemicals called caseomorphines or gluteomorphines, basically small proteins that kind of go through that leaky gut barrier. And then they cause like these these endorphin type morphines, uh, chemical morphines that are made naturally in our body, but they're made more if we're consuming a food that we're having this kind of reaction to where we're eating dairy or eating gluten, all of a sudden we get a brain fog. So one of them is brain fog. Mm -hmm. The other one, our skin, sometimes skin, um, disorders, rashes, itching, uh, that's quite common. Um, and of course, the, uh, the bloating, the, the digestive, those are the typical ones, um, you know, the bloating, uh, the feeling like you can't really digest, it's taken a long time to really digest uh, the food. And along with that comes the more severe, you know, whether it's constipation or diarrhea oh, or, right, right. So, uh, so those are the more like you could really see it's physically coming from the gut, but we've learned that we're holistic so that a pain in the elbow or pain in the knee could be this kind of autoimmune um, kind of sequence of events that's actually originally coming from the gut. Right. So, so, so there could be these peripheral pains that could be originally stemming from the gut. Uh, so, but the top three would be skin, some kind of skin reaction um, and uh, uh, then then bloating and cramping, you know, typical digestive uh, and uh, 
and and uh, so and, and you know as I mentioned before, as I well, you know, it's it's interesting. I was doing a little bit of research on this, and according to a new survey, seventy four percent of Americans are living with digestive symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, uh, abdominal pain. But many people may not know is that these symptoms could indicate a more serious condition. And that was in 2013, mm -hmm. which is very interesting. So I'm sure that number is a lot higher because of the type of foods that we eat. I know that for myself, I've studied my body. You know, uh, when, I, when I noticed a major change in my life with my gut was knowing that I would be eating certain things, I would be in pain right away or I have, of course, diarrhea, things like that. But what I noticed is that when I stopped eating certain dairies and the gluten, man, I didn't realize the gluten was hurting me. It was once I took the gluten out and then the dairy um, and then the sugar, mm -hmm. oh, the sugar, once you take those out and then the salt, certain types of salt you should only have, my opinion, right. um, then I noticed that my body started to go through a cleanse. Um, I was going, when I knew I had a problem was when I was getting 20, about 20 headaches a day, not a day, but 20 headaches about in a month, within a month. And then I would get like two major migraines within the month where I wasn't able to work. Um, I knew that something had to change and I knew it had to do with my diet. And once I did that, um, I took out the gluten, took out the, the, the milk, um, not, not eating, uh, bag chips, you know, and stuff like that. That was my weakness. Um, I noticed that oh, I haven't had a, uh, I haven't had a headache now or even a migraine going on two months, but oh, I, I, I didn't realize that it was my gut that it was affecting. Right. Now. That's hard to write, to think that something that's going on in the physically in the brain, or like I said, it could even be when it comes to be an arthritis type of thing, it could be pain in other joints too, but it's coming from the food uh, that we're eating. I know it's so much about, yes, helping the body by removing some a lot of, of work. foods, <laughs> but I always am a firm believer about what you're adding in um, when it comes to the gut also, because because if you could start adding in these certain foods, like for example, root vegetables, you know, the right kind of fats, all these different polyphenols from different, you know, vegetables and maybe some additional, you know, um, phytochemicals, you know, uh, from fruits. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, the gut does begin to heal, and these and um, and and the, then you could slowly eliminate uh, some of the other foods you mentioned. But yes, it, when gluten, if somebody, and that's why testing is so important in I some ways because. If it is causing that much inflammation, and if it is causing that leaky gut, that um, you know, to, to, for that to happen, like a certain food, sometimes uh, if it is gluten, then that's important to know right away. The elimination diet is 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 uh, the gold standard to eliminate, and most people do choose wheat or dairy as one of their first foods they do eliminate. But because the gut is our, you know, is taking in all these toxins, you know, food technically is a toxin in some ways. And that's why we have this selective uh, gut barrier. It allows the vitamins in, but it's keeping these chemicals out, like the chemicals like pesticides or some of these, it's having a tough time, like glyphosate. Well, that one's not quite a 
you know, it's more like an antibiotic or it reacts in our cells differently. It's really difficult for our body to keep that one out. But other chemicals, the body's really trying to keep out. And so our food becomes these toxins in a way that we have to learn what works for us and what doesn't. And one food that was once working for us can become yeah. more a toxin. Like we overeat one food and, um, and that becomes now the food that our body is reacting to. And then all of a sudden we crave that food because we're used to that feeling. And now uh, the ironic thing is a person reaches for it and eats the food that they're most having that kind of delayed sensitivity to. That's kind of the most destructive to their body that's the food they're craving and that's the food they they seem to be addicted to and then you find out on a food sensitivity test or yeah. or another testing that that's the food that really is you know might have done the uh what was causing them that inflammation so um yeah it's a it's it's a little bit more complex like yeah. i just did a did a um um a talk on that um you know uh, plants that bite back um because you know, there's oxalates and lectins that, you know, we've heard other uh, like Stephen Gundry talk about lectins and oxalates that people are juicing these spinach smoothies and they're eating a lot of beets and, uh, and almond milk and almond juice. It's just that, yes, this is all healthy things that we could be doing. Or healthier. <laughs> healthy, right. Health, healthier, right. But for each person that's unique, Different. That might not be that 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 they shouldn't be the one to start drinking the almond milks and making the kale smoothies. Maybe for one person that worked, but for for themselves, each person should know that it's their body is unique. They should listen to their body yep. and know that it's and 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 that's why it it is very uh, fascinating uh, in this field to know that it's not just one diet because then, like I said, you could be you know, that, you know, they, that could be not the diet for that person because of lectins, oxalates and phytates, all these things in certain foods. And of course, on the other spectrum, casein with dairy and, um, and then of course, uh, you know, other, it, it, it just, uh, it, and so it's really unique and individualized. And that's what makes it really, really special uh, that a person um, really should work with a practitioner on this wellness journey because of the fact that not every diet is the right for the right one for each person, like the keto diet. And, you know, a lot of people, they'll read something about it. They'll take it on and they'll not know, they'll not really incorporate the whole thing together uh, because they'll just put pieces, bits and pieces. And, and, um, and so that doesn't, it doesn't work for them. And then they give up and, and that's why I look for more permanent, more long-term solutions, no quick fads. Um, and, uh, and, and that seems to work better uh, to, to let someone know that this is more of a lifestyle that they can incorporate for exactly. life. It's not something that's going to just be for three days and then they don't know what to do. You know, I, I would agree with you on that. What's interesting, what I'm, I'm seeing out in the world right now is a lot of people don't realize that, you know, we can talk about gut all day long. But I don't think that people see the importance or have the understanding or the knowledge of it that a lot of people don't realize that it has a lot to do with, of course, every, it's case by case, but it has a lot to do with even like people have having problems with neuropathy. People having problems with diabetes, of course, depending which diabetes. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm not one of those people where you're going to have it for the rest of your life. I believe there's a cure. There's, you get to look at where the root came from. But a lot of it has to do with our food, which goes from our food to our gut. 
from our gut, our body has a response. You know, there's a lot of people that have problems with their feet. Their feet are aching. Okay, well, you know what we need to do is we need to, we need to go look at the food. We need to look at your diet. Would you say that's, that's in a lot of cases or most cases that you've seen? I do. I, I do see like when I do a lot of the nutrient testing, um, you know, I, I see that the, the gut, uh, because of the fact that so many vitamins are really either transformed or they're made in the gut or they're helping to be produced, like, for example, vitamin D and vitamin K and biotin and uh, some other vitamins that really do use the gut and this transformation, the meta- metabolites with the gut bacteria. So for sure, B vitamins, uh, some activated B vitamins, including B12 and vitamin, like I mentioned, vitamin D. And so, yes, you, and vitamin K, biotin, you can see the, the direct connection between you know, nutritional deficiencies, the absorption. Remember, it's not just what you eat, it's what you absorb and digest. There's all these different parts that, that really we try to really help uh, our patients to, uh, with how do you not just eat these healthy foods, mm-hmm. but then how do you absorb them? For example, you know, is, do we cook our leafy greens? Um, do, we, do we cook our vegetables or should we eat them raw? It's a big question in nutrition. And, and the studies and research show that some of the antioxidants and like, for example, lycopene, you remember in tomato sauce, where they found that lycopene, because it's fat soluble, was better absorbed when it was cooked and cooked with a fat. Uh, and so, but you lose the vitamin C, you lose some of that, some of the water soluble vitamins, but you gain those antioxidants in the cooking method. So the preparation of food, the cooking of food is so important when it comes to absorbing these vitamins and, and, uh, and, and helping the gut, uh, you know, because uh, our gut relies a lot on how we pre-digest the food. For example, how many, how many bites we, ch- we, we do, we, we should really take a lot more, we should chew a lot more than we think we should. Even the home cooking, like when we smell the smell of the home cooking on, in the stove, you know, in the kitchen, that did a lot to open up our digestive amylase yeah. and lipase. It stimulates Which created our- created a memory. Right, it's, right, the, the amygdala, you know, it, it all is involved with digestion. You're right. right. Like now we see leptin, which is this connection between the brain is, a, a, you know, really negotiating a lot with weight loss and how we're metabolizing our cal- calories. So yeah, even just smelling the food in the kitchen. So, so there are a lot of steps uh, that, that go into digestion and each one we take just helps along the way, not eating, standing up, rushed like that and you know getting into that parasympathetic mode um mindfulness as part of eating um right having the lights on you know a little bit uh not so dim even that makes a difference you know you know so yeah it is that's that's um it's a lot to do with food and the gut as the main thing to do with the gut a, a very important is sleep Sleep and stress changes that gut microbiome almost overnight. Do you see, a, we see in the research, a, ba- a poor night's sleep, the gut microbiome changes. And that's, and that's fascinating that we have a cyclical or a circadian gut microbiome, meaning that our gut microbiome is different in the morning than it is in the evening. It is circadian. Therefore, it, there is that question, do we take our probiotics in the morning or, at, or in the evening? And so- so that circadian rhythm mean is so important because if we really want good gut health, we would have to be able to really fix 
our circadian rhythms. And that goes to much deeper levels of cortisol and, and, and melatonin and sleeping through, you know, the whole quality of sleep issues. Uh, and that brings on now the whole complete picture. Um, so of sleep being involved with our gut. Would you say we need a full eight hours like they normally say, or does it? Or well, the, I would say the most important, I know that that length of time is really interesting. Just like with exercise, what is the ideal amount of time? Do we break up the 35, 40 minutes, you know, uh, you know, into 10 minute increments and same with sleep, you know, the idea of napping, what, how much napping during the day is good. You remember the research, five minutes, 10 minutes early on in the day, not longer than 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, but there are certain peak hours in the evening that you do want to, that we're seeing that the melatonin is being um, excreted more. It's more, the, the brain is in its more um, lim- it's glymphatic, you know, the, this, this uh, immune system of the brain is much more activated between, uh, I would believe, I think it's two in the morning, three in the morning. So you kind of want to be in bed by 10 because it takes three or four hours to get into that mode. So they're recommending, that's why they're recommending getting to bed by a certain time. So you can be asleep at that, at that prime time in the, in the early morning hours, about two in the morning. So yeah, it's not so much the amount of hours. It's going to be probably that circadian rhythm being in that rhythm, probably that rhythm being earlier than you, most people are doing, which is probably by 10. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then it won't be as much hours, but as, as much, uh, you know, the debate about whether it's eight hours or 10 hours, it seems like eight seems to be that nice um, amount that's coming up in the research because more than that seem negative. Right. I mean, some need five hours. That's, they're, they're good to go. Some need seven. I know for myself, oh, I, I like to be up between four and five because I see that my synapsis is crazy. I, I, I I get more done within three, four hours from four for five to nine or from four to eight than I do the entire day and I'm just snapping. So, and then I'll wait till about one to two o'clock. I have, I'll take a 25 minute REM nap and then I get back up and I'm like a freaking bull. So, I mean, I know everybody's different, but I've noticed that for myself personally, um, my engine is just nonstop. I'm able to get more done. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's a lot related to, uh, you mean in the early morning hours? Uh, that's that's how a lot uh, we're we're function we're structured that way, uh, exactly. where we have that cortisol awakening awakening response, growth hormones. You know, our body is programmed to have that kind of response, that surge in the morning. That could be the best time for a lot of people out there, and a lot of successful people say uh, that. Uh, just like you said, the morning is the best time uh, to really be productive uh, and. Those are crucial hours. Uh, so yes, that says a lot about not like sleeping. Something's in. turned on. I feel that if you if you sleep after a certain amount of time, it's that much harder to get into the flow of things. Now you're getting out of bed like, oh, oh. now you're going to the coffee pot. You know what I'm saying? But like I, for me, I noticed that, you know, since it, we've had the time change with the whole winter coming, you know, we're going into mm-hmm. spring and everything that um, I'm wanting to sleep in more. So now I'm having to fight my body. Time to go to bed earlier. Right. There's all that sleep hygiene with the blue light and the yellow yellow type of lighting in the morning. I don't know how many um, street lights that you have near you are now changed to the LED lights. Yeah. So And then all the cars are using LED. So we have a lot of blue light in the evenings. Uh, that changes things. Um, 
So, uh, so yeah, it's um, <clears throat> that's a big part. That's why it's so amazing that the gut bacteria is really involved in this psychic circadian rhythm. So it's, but it's not also connected to the gut, the sleeping too. So that it has is. It is. And that's probably because the, the, there is uh, this idea of this parasympathetic uh, nervous system and, I, and stress and, and, and the gut bacteria that relies on, uh, and, you know, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an inter, the interaction between it all. Uh, but it seems like there's a stress component with the lack of sleep uh, or it's related with cortisol, uh, it seems like. So, so doing those, getting someone's cortisol you know, the, the way it's supposed to be that cortisol awakening response and slowly decreasing towards the end of the um, end of the day and then melatonin going up, that seems to be really important. And people can work on that. There's a way to, to get that really balanced cortisol with melatonin. And believe it or not, uh, they found that there's receptors in the eyes that um, stimulate uh, the melatonin for later on in the evening, for example, you wake up in the morning and you get a little sunlight. Again, you have to take off your glasses. You shouldn't be wearing contacts, but you know, allow that sunlight to enter your eyes. That's going to stimulate melatonin type receptors. So later on in the evening, you're going to get a better night's sleep. If people just knew that what they do that first thing in the morning, um, you know, that, that could help them with a better night's sleep. That's, that's, it would be incredible. Hmm. So do you have, um, do you do consultations over the phone? Do you do any, because I know. Right. Yep. We, because of the family nurse practitioner, we're able to do virtual consults and we have our in-office appointments. Uh, we see people actually in our office as well, uh, but people are taking advantage of the virtual consults. They can get yeah. a lot of great uh, testing that we do is stool or urine testing that could be mailed to their home. Uh, they can do a lot of testing, the convenience of the home, and we can learn so much about their gut, uh, about uh, their uh, metabolites of their Krebs cycle, meaning the mitochondria, uh, the environmental toxins through urine testing, saliva testing, and, um, and, and stool testing. And that comes right to the home. Uh, and we, we also have access to some of the major lab core and quests throughout the country that can do blood testing for anyone that's, uh, you know, at their neighborhood uh, laboratories. So yeah, we've been, that's what, that's definitely okay, what we've been. We can, they don't have to go and see you personally. They can actually do it. We can do a consultation over the phone and then you can send them some information and basically start consulting and helping them out with their diet. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yes, that is correct. Uh, it, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, 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 there's some, uh, there's some, you, you know, there's some differences a bit depending on currently what's going on, you know, during this uh you know, pandemic, they did ease up on, on whether it's a first visit is going to be in person. It depends on what kind of care I am going to be doing for the person. Uh, if it's a medication, if I'm treating a condition, then you would be physically wanting to see the person. But if, and if I've seen the person already, then you can continue uh, the virtual visits. But if it's just a, you know, dietary lifestyle wellness, then yeah, we, we, we could do virtual uh, visits. Um, and so it's unique to each person, yeah, to each case by case, uh, unique situation. Okay. So you're in the South Florida area. What part of uh, South Florida are you uh, like you're surrounded? Uh, we're, we're in uh we're in the, the down, we're in Miami on Miami beach. Are we, and so it's 
pretty easily, uh, you know, the north part of Miami Beach. Uh, it's nice. Pretty easily, uh, it's easy to get to kind of. Uh, Miami Vice, is that where you, you hang out with tubs once in a while? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks a lot different from those, <laughs> from what it used to look like. It's uh, right. that It's hard to imagine that's what Miami looked like at one point. Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a whole thing. I actually watched the whole entire series during the whole uh, COVID crisis thing, you know, not saying. Oh, like, really? Oh, you saw it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I know, because they, they point out areas where they did film. Yeah. Uh, and and it's uh, it shows you how a place can be totally uh, transformed. Um, but it's, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so I, we see people throughout South Florida, um, and, you know, because uh, it's uh, Miami is a big center center of everything. And and that's the main thing. And, you know, there's, it's the major place, city in Florida, really. You know, Tampa is like a second city, but Miami is the major city. So, yeah, a lot of people come through here and, and they, come, they come visit while they're going at the beach. They, they can go to the beach and visit us at South Florida Integrative Health Center. Oh, yeah. And so, <laughs> wow. So, everyone, I just want to say, uh, you know, um, Travis has been doing this for, for many years. And what do you have right now currently that's, that you have something new that you're, do you have anything new that you have that's coming in your practice or any new studies that you're doing that, that you're going to be able to bring to the table with also what you're doing with being a, a nurse practitioner? Uh, yes. Well, one of the things that, uh, that's, that I'm very much involved in is research. So we're doing a lot with, what a, with, with a metabolic syndrome, uh, this idea about picking up on uh, a person who's having this glucose, kind of this dysregulation of glucose early, mm -hmm. because diabetes is a silent killer. And the earlier you pick it up, that you're having ups and downs of blood sugars, the better and to get that under control. So I'm finding ways through research to do certain types of testing, much more than the glucose tolerance test, much more than the A1C um, or fasting glucose, more that you could really have these kind of indicators, whether it's you know, waist to hip ratio, whether it's visceral adiposity, body composition, or, um, you know, it, glucose tolerance tests along with insulin, uh, you know, to see if the insulin is not, uh, is, this, right. is having insulin resistance. So that's one major thing that we're doing. The other one is the gut microbiome. What types of bacteria are related to metabolic syndrome? So what types of bacteria are more common in rheumatoid arthritis or in these inflammatory or autoimmune conditions. And the other one is uh, mental health. Um, we're doing a lot with the gut um, and mood connection or anxiety and how we can support through helping the gut, nourishing it through kind of BDNF, which are these fibers that help short chain fatty acids that produces BDNF, which is brain derived neurotropic factor. All that means is that the fiber, these bacteria are gonna produce these metabolites the bacteria produces these metabolites from fibers and the fi these metabolites nourish our brain and again, create enhanced growth within our brain. So, uh, you know, so that connection between the, you know, with our mood, anxiety and the gut, that's another frontier that we really, really uh, love to be on the forefront of, of, and we are doing that. I love it. And um, I love the fact that you are focusing on, I would, I mean, I know, I know we looked at the numbers here, 74%, but I think they're higher, that you're focusing on probably 80 to 90% of the problems that people go and see doctors, you know, the gut. Instead, you know, they, they, a lot of us will go to a doctor's and 
we'll, we'll go to them and they don't even look at the gut. They just say, here's a pill. And, you know, um, I just want to say thank you for what you do in, in focusing on helping as many people as you, as you can. Everyone, make sure that you go to South Florida Integrative Health Center.com. One of the things that really caught my eye about, about uh, Durrell was that his videos was, are so informative on helping people. And there's a lot you can tell about a, about a person when you see the passion in their eyes on helping people. And so my recommendation, make sure you guys give them a phone call. You have the phone number on the screen. You can, again, you can go to South Florida Integrative Health Center.com. And uh, I just want to say, Darrell, thank you so much for being here on the show today. And thank you. Thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure. And, and I'm so happy to be helping others. Thank you very much.